There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 36 of the Recruiting Future podcast. I've recently returned from a speaking trip to HR Tech Fest in Sydney. I think it was probably my favourite conference of the year, and it's one that I'd recommend to absolutely everyone. While I was in Australia, I was planning on interviewing my old colleague, Dave Drury. But as you'll now hear, things didn't exactly go the way I was planning. Hi everyone, Um, I'm currently in Sydney, Australia, um, in a room with a fantastic uh, view of the harbour, and I've come uh, to this office today, well I had come to this office today to uh, interview um, a really good friend and old colleague of mine, um, Dave Drury. Um, Dave's got 15 years of digital um, HR experience, he's an experienced design consultant, Um, you don't find many of those in the HR sector, which is why I was interested to talk to him, Um, and he focuses on improving using technology to improve the lives of employees. Um, Now, uh, since I got here, Dave's thrown a bit of a twist at me. Um, And rather than me interviewing Dave, Dave's going to interview me. So, Dave, I'm going to pass this over to you. Thanks very much, Matt. Uh, It's a real, uh, it's really exciting for for me. I've obviously known you for uh, quite a period of time, and uh, I thought what would be um, really exciting for myself and also for your audience is to learn a lot more about you and you know where you fit into the whole uh, ecosystem of HR. Sounds good. So let's kick things off. Um, I'd like to start by asking you what your background um, is and where you got your passion for recruitment. So I, my first exposure to recruitment would have been uh, a very long time ago kind of sort of probably about 1998 or something or something like that Um, uh, and I I had a job selling recruitment advertising space in The Guardian which is the um, at the time was the kind of the the leading publication for recruitment adverts in in the UK so um, I I kind of learned a lot about recruitment marketing I got to speak to all kinds of um, different employers um, and I kind of realized for the first time that there was actually um, some kind of industry and potentially a job here so um, fast forward sort 1999-2000, the dot-com boom was starting, the internet was on the scene, I really wanted to uh, work for an ad agency. Um, So I was trying to get a job at an ad agency and almost completely coincidentally I ended up getting a job at a recruitment ad agency. Um, Really kind of exciting times, I was the second person in, um, in their digital team. And um, you know, we we sort of built up that uh, built up that digital team over a number of years. Met you in the year two thousand. Uh, we were we were part we were part of the team, um, and it was just a kind of a really exciting time because recruitment was being uh, sort of dramatically disrupted uh, by by the internet. Um, did ten years in recruitment ad agencies from there, and then the last six I've been out on my own as a independent consultant and latterly podcast. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, interestingly, over that course of you know fifteen or so years, um, you must have seen an incredible amount of change. Um, describe some of that for me. Well, it's really a tale of two revolutions so far. So, nineteen moving through to sort of two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand three, um, it was the the, the shift from uh, offline advertising and marketing for recruitment um, to 
internet-based marketing. Um, and it was it was kind of fascinating to watch. I think we all thought um, the, the internet was fantastic and it would catch on um, a lot quicker than it did, but it actually took... Um, quite a long time to actually filter through um, and fundamentally sort of change the way that uh, that people did their their recruitment marketing certainly um, and then kind of reflecting back on it it changed some things but it didn't change other things um, I, I think the kind of first generation of online recruitment advertising uh, you know looked and in some ways still looks very similar to those newspapers that, that we were working that we that we were working with, so you know, almost like classified advertising. So that was the first revolution. Um, over the last five or six years, I think we've been seeing the second revolution, which is the social revolution, um, and it's been interesting to watch exactly the same thing happen. Um, uh, companies really struggling to sort of make sense. Um, about what social media means for 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 recruitment, um, lots of attempts to build uh, tools that were never going to work, um, lots of talk and creation of methodologies that that, that don't work, um, and I think finally now, um, five or six years into that evolution, where um, you know we, we're seeing people finding their feet and being able to um, harness what's been an incredible communications revolution um, and harness that for um, you know getting stories about their employer brand. And, um, finding um, and and recruiting the talent they need. So that's the, the kind of second revolution. Um, I think we're on the cusp of the third. Um, a, a big part of that third. Um, previously, I thought it was really just mobile. It was about um, you know recruitment going mobile, everything being mobile first. Um, the more I think about it, though, I think it's about mobile um, and recruitment becoming much more user centric, which is you know, what is interesting with your experience in. Um, experience design so um, you know the the talent are absolutely the the center the center of the process and, and mobile is is something that facilitates that because um, you know to work on mobile you need to be simple you need to be um, focused on the user um, and and that's where I think we are at the moment so I, I did think it was a it was going to be a kind of a quick mobile revolution but I think this is a um, this is a kind of a long-term um, fundamental shift um, again, in terms of um, you know how, how recruitment's done, how recruitment marketing's done. Great. Um, it's interesting. You know, when I met you um, back in ninety nine two thousand, there was um, you know the UK was certainly um, well in advance of where the states were, and and certainly where you know we were in Australia. From a geographic and even an attitudinal perspective. How has it transformed? Do you see still, you know, you move through these revolutions that you talk about from, um, you know, newspapers to social and then to where, wherever the next part is. Is everyone just following each other or is, are we, is the market actually starting to learn from its, its behaviours from past revolutions to, in order to move forward? Um, I think there's two things about that. I think the, the first thing to say is the world has got a lot smaller. Um, well, here we are sitting in Sydney <laughs> for, for, for a start. Um, although I have got a 24-hour flight home tonight, so <laughs> maybe the world's not that small. Um, but the way that information uh, travels in our industry is kind of is, is revolutionised. So um, it, it's now, uh, you know, you, you can see what's happening in other geographies in real time because people are blogging, um, you know, tweeting, writing, um, recording videos. Um, the event um, that we've just been at the last couple of days, HR Tech Fest, which I think was actually my favourite favorite uh, recruitment conference HR conference of the of the year um, and you know again international speakers and there was no sense that 
um, speakers from one country were coming to tell another country what to do. Um, and I think if you go back sort of 10 years, even five years, it would be, um, you know, uh, principally probably American speakers coming to talk about the fantastic things they were doing and, and everyone was mm. kind of learning from them. And I, I think in, um, you know, in the case of this conference, it was it was about collaboration and blending different ideas. So I think the world's got smaller. We can see what everyone's doing. Um, you know, you, you can borrow ideas from, from other countries very, very quickly. Um, the other factor is um, individual uh, kind of uh, recruitment talent marketplaces. So um, that's not necessarily just geographical. It can be, um, you know, demographic or sector-based as well. Um, but, uh, you know, in certain places in the world, in certain markets, things are moving a lot quicker because they have to, because there are um, shortages of, uh, you know, shortages of candidates, people having to think more creatively and embrace the tools that are out there mm. um, to, to solve the problems they have. So, you know, obviously, the, the one that immediately comes to mind is sort of tech and tech and digital recruitment, which is um, pretty consistent around the world, actually, in terms of in terms of how people do it. So I think you've got a, a shrinking of the world. Um, and you've also got, um, you know, talent shortages and, and things going on in various talent markets that are kind of driving driving that change as well fantastic um just moving you know you've had a lot of experience in recruitment agencies um you've helped a lot of clients i just want to move our focus now on to metashift why did you set it up what's metashift all about and what are some of the stories of how you're um, creating you know impact how you're impacting um, some of your clients yeah, I, I suppose I ultimately set it up for quite selfish reasons. Ten years in ad agencies was was more than was kind of more than enough, um, and you know I had a fantastic time. I worked with some fantastic people, um, but I think I was just keen to get out there um, and and kind of work on my own and and and, and do do something different. And um, I the, the idea came to me because I thought as uh, you know as recruiting talent, HR technology um, is getting increasingly complex almost by the almost by the week um, in terms of what's going on um, you know I, I was kind of hearing feedback from the, the clients that I was that, that I was working with that um, there was a real need to have a, a kind of independent trusted guide through um, this kind of rapid change that's that's happening this kind of increase in, in complexity um, so that's really the the idea behind um, behind my consultancy business it's to to help employers with their talent acquisition strategies um, to make sure that they're um, they're fit for purpose and, and that they're thinking strategically about what they're trying to achieve. I think that um, one of the troubles with with a lot of uh, in-house recruiting departments is these guys are so busy, um, you know, and they're so strained sometimes in terms of, of, of resources. Um, there isn't necessarily always time to uh, have the luxury of time to sort of take a step back and think about what's going on. Um, so that's kind of really where I help people. Um, you know, I audit what they're doing. Um, I optimize things. And I, and I do sort of crucial things that they don't have time to do themselves so things like um uh, you know, competitive competitive analysis, um, that kind of stuff. Um, and the other part of it is I spend 20% of my time in research and development mode. So that's really um, probably the main reason why I've come I've come down to Australia to mm. um, to, to the event because I'm interested in the market. I'm interested in what's in what's happening. Um, and what I'm looking for is kind of best best practice approaches inside and outside of the industry from around the world um, that I can take back and kind of distill to my clients and help them um, stay ahead of their competition and also understand what the future of the industry um, and the future of the future the future of workers is going to be like okay 
You say um, best practices. What are some of the best practices that you know this audience can um, can learn from that you've uh, that you've picked up? Um, oh, yes. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a that's a that's a very um, that's a very broad uh, that's a very broad question. He says, being slightly slightly thrown by that. Um, I, th- I suppose I think if you look at um, let's let's just talk about uh, recruitment marketing just for the purposes of answering this question because you know we've got HR tech, we've got all kinds of other things going on. Um, you know, if you look at what's happening in the marketing industry at the moment, um, there's incredible period of change in terms of analytics-driven um, buying and behaviour. Um, you know, inbound, in, inbound marketing. Marketing, marketing automation, um, all that kind of stuff, and um, it, it's interesting to watch um, some companies successfully integrating those techniques into their um, into their recruitment in recruitment processes. Um, and I suppose, in terms of umbrella best practice, what's really what's really coming through um, is, is companies that are putting. The, the candidate, the, the customer, um, even the, the the employee, from the terms of being an internal candidate, um, at the centre of the process, seem to be winning. So um, I just did a, a piece of research into global tech recruitment. So I interviewed um, twenty one different uh, uh, twenty one different um, in house recruiters who are successfully recruiting tech talent. Um, and there's a there's a white paper that's come out with all of the findings, and I'll put a link to that in the the notes for this show. But um, the, the thing that came across is that you know candidate experience and, and some actual stuff that we consider basic recruiting best practice from 20 years ago in terms of communication mm. um, was actually the, 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 the secret weapon that all these guys had. So um, I think you know best practice is interesting. There, there is stuff going on externally in the marketing world, um, but actually are some of the best practices that I'm seeing from the best recruiters um, the things that were just you know being done automatically 15 20 years ago before technology came and um, ruined everything basically um, in terms of burning issues what do you see as some of the the big HR issues that brands are struggling with today big HR issues again I think it's um, I think it's this it is this kind of candidate centric um, candidate expense centric experience thing. Um, I think people are struggling to define it. They're struggling to understand it. Um, I think one of the the biggest issues that that comes up time and time again in every single country um, is is poor outmoded technology that's not fit for purpose. So. Um, one of the interesting things about watching the the guys uh, speaking, the, the, some of the case studies at the HR uh, Tech Tech Fest, um, you know, people looking to in, introduce unified um, unified HR technology systems and stacks into their into their business, um, and there was a real understanding that actually um, the recruitment modules that are bolted onto some of these big enterprise systems aren't necessarily fit for purpose. And there were a couple of um, Australian companies who'd backed out of actually implementing the recruitment part of the enterprise software they were. Buying because it kind of wasn't fit for purpose. So I, I think that um, you know the candidate experience is, is is a big thing, but but really um, fundamentally, uh, people don't have the right technology to do what they want to do. Um, and as an industry, we're incredibly bad at filtering, at matching. Um, you know, if if a company's getting tens of thousands of applications and they can't cope with that volume, um, the default reaction seems to be to make the application process even tougher and even mm-hmm. even more user. Even even less user-friendly um, to try and put people off, and that just seems kind of crazy because you're going to, um, 
you know, very there's a very, very high uh, probability that you're going to put off the talent that you need. So um, I think it's that outmoded technology bit and the implications of that that's, uh, that's the biggest challenge. Awesome. Um, you clearly, in the, one of the purposes of today, run the podcast series. I know I look forward to, you know, listening to them. Um, I know you can't touch on all of them, but I'd love to know who some who are some of your favourite um, interviewees. Ah, oh, I can't have favourites. I can't have favourites. Well, maybe I can. Um, so memorable. Uh, we'll go with me- memorable. memorable is good. Memorable is good. Well, they're all kind of all memorable. Um, so no, the, yeah. <laughs> so no, the podcast has been a real kind of surprise for me. I sort of started it as a bit of research and development, almost a bit of a hobby because I was quite interested in some of the technology behind it. Um, and yeah, it's just gone brilliantly this year. So I think I've interviewed thirty-four people now, and I've got um, a whole stack of other interviews um, uh, lined up next week for next year. Um, in terms of memorable ones, I have to say that probably the most memorable one was um, uh, Laszlo Bock, who's the um, kind of executive VP of Google HR for the kind of entire world. And I managed to um, interview him while he was on his book tour. Um, and I literally kind of have a 20, had 20 minutes in Google's HQ to um, kind of sit down and ask him questions and, and, uh, and all this kind of stuff. And he, you know, he was great. And he gave a, um, a huge amount of insight into uh, what Google uh, are doing to transform HR in a very very short period of period short period of time um so i think that's probably the most mm. most memorable one um also i was absolutely paranoid that i was going to erase the <laughs> raise the recording before i saved it um and i think the others are, i suppose what's been re- really interesting is that um there's been quite a a bias towards technical and digital um recruiting problems and in interviews in the last few weeks and that's probably been because um, I've been writing this white paper and I've done some of the the research as podcast interviews. So, um, you know, there were some really, really interesting um, things coming across from, from, from that sector. So there was a, a particular um, interview I did with um, Good Game Studios in Germany. It was really interesting. Um, uh, Ken at Wintercourt Consulting, Matt at List, um, you know, various uh, various kind of superstar tech recruiters. And it was, it, was, it was really interesting to talk to them and have a kind of a bit of a theme um, running through. Um, sort of moving forward I'm making sure that it's not completely sort of tech dominated in the future but for the last few weeks it kind of has been Mm. so I suppose they've been the most memorable Okay Um, and in terms of um, you know you obviously learn an enormous amount um, and you know your work is probably is no doubt stimulated by um, and inspired by the conversations that you have with these people what three two or three insights can you share that you've gained from these talks I could give you one kind of overarching one sure. if that's if that's right if no one's keeping score um, <laughs> and that's it's amazing how how similar how everyone is kind of in the same position so I've talked to people from all kinds of different companies in you know who are recruiting all kinds of different people um, and it's always the sort of same themes that you know the same themes that that, that, that come out um, you know people are trying to make the best out of um, the, the resources and the, and the technology that they the technology that they have um, yeah. Uh, amongst the people that I've spoken to, there's been a real sort of passion um, to make recruitment better. Um, you know, better for the candidate, better for the uh, better for the internal internal stakeholders, um, and that's just been really, really consistent. So I, I suppose that you know the learning for me is. Um, 
you know, there's so much passion and expertise and um, you know, forward thinking kind of out there, out out there, out there in the industry, and that and that's just been really, really encouraging. Um, and two very, very different companies in different industries can have very, very similar um, similar issues that they're trying to overcome. Yeah, very interesting. Um, fast forwarding uh, to 2016. What can we expect from the podcast series? Podcast series. Okay, well, from the podcast series, obviously, I want to make it um, bigger and better. Um, the, the first thing to expect is I've actually recorded a, um, a, a kind of a spin-off series, so uh, you know, sort of a um, you know an extension of it on, on the future of work. So I've got um, ten interviews on the future of work that I've recorded, um, and they're going to come out as a kind of a distinct kind of standalone um, you know series of um, uh, of people talking about um, talking about that kind of stuff. A really interesting selection of people. Um, a few sort of futurists, um, um, you know, some people involved in contingency recruitment and resourcing, um, and a man who runs a company who takes millennials around the world working in co-working spaces. So, um, you know, all these kind of coders and, and sometimes lawyers and writers um, doing this kind of 12-month travel program around the world working remotely. So some really cool stuff in that. Um, I, I'm, I, I've got some sort of crazy audacious ideas about what to do with this. And I just kind of need to find the right partner to work those through. So I'm not going to tell you what they are at the moment, but um, well, hopefully I, all become clear. I think if uh, what we've seen in 2015 is anything to go by, then, you know, speaking on behalf of the audience, I think 2016 is going to be um, pretty exciting. I have two more questions for you. Um, one is um, let's take you five years um, from where we are today, 2020. What does the HR industry look like and what can we expect? Well, first of all, I hope they fixed the technology problem. Um, although I'm not confident that that will have happened, um, I think it's. I think you have to look at when you when you kind of look at the the future and try and predict what's going to happen. You you have to look at the the, the trends and the the overarching forces that that drive this. Um, and I think there are two things that are going to be on everyone's um, agenda over the next few years. Um, the first one is digital transformation. I'm already spotting that coming up um, um, on the sort of. HR agenda. Um, if you look at the research, a huge proportion of CEOs, established businesses, um, are looking at how they can transform their business for the digital age because of the threat of disruption from from startups. You know, even um, it's really interesting. You know, traditional industries like banking massively being disrupted by fintech startups, by cryptocurrencies, all this kind of stuff. So, um, inevitably, if a company's going through a strategic digital transformation process that has huge implications for HR and recruitment so um, you know that could be technology it could be uh, it could be speed it could be um, you know definitely skill shortages because everyone's going to be looking for the same kind of um, you know not not just the sort of you know coders but also people who can think uh, people who can think digitally so I think digital transformation is going to is going to shape things um, and the other one is the it's just really the changing world of work I mean I think a lot of the, um, the a lot of the trends are, are towards a much kind of more temporary workforce lots of companies um, are predicted to have um, a, a larger proportion of their employees um, you know uh, not not being employees basically you know tapping into um, you know pools of pools of talent to work on specific projects or um, achieve specific things and, and that's kind of a massive trend and that's being talked about a lot um, in HR um, circles at the moment and I think that has huge implications for our industry because um, even the term employer branding is wrong 
because um, employer branding infers that you're you're working to brand your company for employees, um, and if you're reaching out to a, a kind of a, a temporary, you know, a temporary workforce of temporary talent, um, none of these people will ever be your employees, mm. um, and you need to sort of market and 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 sell the company to them in a very very different way, mm. um, and there really aren't any companies doing that at the moment. So I, I think that they're the two big trends, um, and I think that. Um, that's what's going to drive um, the way that the way that we recruit and use technology and, and try and find ways of connecting with an increasingly um, global audience over the next few years. Fantastic! Thank you for those insights. Um, my final question for you is: What can we expect from Matt Alder in 2016? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a very interesting question. Um, I wish I wish I knew. Um, so, well, I think the things that the things that we've the things that we've been talking about, basically, um, you know, I've, I've got a I've got a big focus on making this podcast um, absolutely as good as it possibly can be and innovative as it possibly can be. Um, obviously, I'm continuing to work with um, you know some great clients and employers um, with with MeshShift. Um, but also doing more research, um, producing um, content, doing joint research projects with people. So um, the tech recruitment white paper I did was a joint project with with, with Monster, and that was a that was a kind of great bit of research. So um, really looking at um, perhaps how I can partner with people to, um, you know, really take a deep dive into making sense of some of this complexity and some of these changes that are that are making place taking taking place and. I, I definitely hope to be back in Australia. Um, not quite sure how or why yet, but um, we'll but, but we'll you know, the weather is uh, the weather and the view is too good to, uh, to 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 not come back soon. Well, as a friend and as an admirer of what you do for the industry, um, thanks for uh, letting us reach into the vault and spend some time talking together. Thanks very much, Dave. My thanks to Dave Drury for his insightful questions, and I hope to get him back on the podcast soon to talk about the great work he's doing. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and on Stitcher and find past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. This is the last episode of the year and I wanted to say a big thank you to all of you for supporting the podcast in 2015. I'll be back next year and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. <laughs>